Aalto University Podcast. I think there will always be a need for this very sort of traditional education style and that's not going anywhere. But I think this kind of a project course style where the students are not just connecting the dots, but they're also placing the dots. I think that's the way we want to teach them. Johannes Kaira works as a teacher in the Alda Ventures program, which is the entrepreneurship education program at Alda University, where students in multidisciplinary teams work on hands-on exercises. We discussed with Johannes about teamwork and what it requires as a method from students and teachers. We talked about trust, communication skills and flexibility and how they contribute to a well-functioning team. This is Future-Led Learning Podcast. My name is Rika Evans. Welcome aboard. Future-Led Learning by Alta University. Hi, Johannes, and welcome to Future-Led Learning Podcast. Thank you. Hey, tell us a little bit about your background and how did you end up teaching teamwork at Alta University? Briefly, I graduated several years ago from Aalto Arts. So my educational background is in architecture. And I worked in the business for a while, after which I then became an entrepreneur and, and actually worked with musical instruments and designing musical instruments for a few years. Then that enterprise just went down. And just around the same time, I noticed an, an job ad from all the ventures program and and when i saw it it just felt like it was basically just custom made for me because it was for somebody who had been studying at aldo who had taken the entrepreneurial courses which i had and then who had some experience in entrepreneurship and then i just applied and now i'm here and i've been here ever since and yeah i've been enjoying it what are you doing currently in aldo I'm running several courses. First of all, the the flagship course called the Startup Experience, which is sort of the, the AVP flagship course. But I'm also building an entrepreneurial education for all the arts. Cool. So what kind of courses have you taught before Startup Experience? The one, obviously, is this bachelor course called Käyttälähtöinen tuotekehityskurssi, which is a user-centric product development course from the School of Science, and then also a routine course called Good Life Engine, which we also run an adventures program. Now, tell us, what is Startup Experience all about? Pitches. It's all about, obviously, product development, problem definition, defining the need, but then it's also understanding that What's the difference between need and demand? But most importantly, is about understanding people, understanding the customers, the potential customers, and really understanding that how can you as an entrepreneur serve somebody in a way that it becomes a sustainable business? And obviously that is a very 
complicated task to actually create a product that has need or create a product that has demand. I think that's the holy grail. And um, I guess that's my pitch for it. So it's it's an exploration, it's an adventure mm-hmm. and, and very sort of experience-based. And if I understand correctly, you guys are using teamwork as a teaching method on that course. Yes, of course, the teamwork is is basically the core of the course because we we have built the course around the concept of a startup mm-hmm. which obviously obviously you could i guess you could start it alone but but in in real life nothing basically ever happens alone so the teamwork is if the students learn to run the team quite often they nail the other things too So it's essential to have a team and to build one. Exactly, yeah. Cool. So if we take a closer look at the teamwork as a method, you already touched it a little bit, but could you elaborate more? Why should we teach teamwork to our students? I think many reasons. Of course, every one of us who work in any workplace, we know that obviously, you know, likable colleagues are nice. So I think that's one very obvious reason. But then it's like the reason why all the ones to have startups once you have entrepreneurship is that we are after new innovations and i believe that in a good team that's kind of where the good innovations can happen or good innovations can be created and so i i think it's it's about productivity it's about innovating it's about uh bringing value and i think that's that's looking at it from the perspective of uh product development course and having seen several teams going it through, I've learned that that a good team can recover pretty much from anything, but a bad team, non-functioning team can ruin even a good idea and because the execution doesn't work. Well, could you define features of a well-functioning team a little bit closer? Yes, and yes and no. I think the annoying answer is that the good team has a good flow. It's very, it's a very vague, but of course you can then break it down that quite often good team, um, they have very open communication. There's a lot of flexibility in terms of team members are, they are open to find a role that serves the team rather than themselves. But then it sometimes it's really hard to define like, where's the kind of like the good team then usually starts creating good ideas and their execution is really good mm. and that usually then feeds into the process more and I think that's a positive cycle that they get into so often as I said they have a good flow but then I think that's more of a result of mm. them being very open communicators flexible probably also creating trust Yeah, of, yeah, of course. That's that's yeah. That's a, that's actually a huge thing because quite often the students are really they're running very tight schedules and they have tons of work here. So when they form a team, especially like in our case where the the workload on the course is quite significant, and then the work is something that many students hadn't done before. It's very different from the other courses that are run in the university. So I think trust and the ability to commit for the project, for the course and for the team is essential because otherwise, obviously, 
people then would if you don't feel that the team is really you know like if your input for the team doesn't bring anything back obviously then you start prioritizing and then you probably might think okay maybe i'll just do the bare minimum here and just focus on something else so of course the trust and and really the uh, the feeling that when you put something in when you give something to the team it'll also give something back and the kind of the commitment level is equal absolutely can we break it down like you said what does it require from the students to actually participate teamwork and then be successful in teamwork as i said i would say one thing is obviously flexibility mm-hmm. obviously now i'm still talking about from our perspective and from what i've seen over the years but one thing obviously is that we want to create a team that that enables everybody to contribute to the teamwork and to the innovation process and and all the elements and so when everyone's flexible and are ready to modify their role in a way that it gives room for others but it also supports others then we have something strong but then of course we've probably all been in a team where there's somebody you know like hey let's i know how to do this let's just follow my steps and that that's probably one of the best ways to kill the motivation for others so i think flexibility is a key thing and then well communication just being able to talk about things and and i think this is obviously difficult to define whether this is a teamwork skill or whether it's an individual skill that you can communicate your thoughts you can really get your point across and usually again the tight schedules usually create a situations where they have to get results in a very short periods of time and especially like when we're pushing them to areas where they're all slightly uncomfortable and maybe everyone's a little bit lost every idea becomes you know they are very complex abstract ideas mm-hmm that you need to communicate and and again like we were talking about the trust that's one key element in trust that you know what is going on and you know what's what other people's are thinking and where are they going and and even if you didn't agree with them at the moment but if you have a clear understanding that okay this is how this person thinks and this is the logic behind it it makes it way easier for you to then for example be flexible if you know that okay i see where this guy's coming from and okay maybe i can be a little bit flexible here but if the communication fails then everyone just again becomes quite protective and like i okay i don't know where this is heading so maybe i'll just try to slow it down or whatever mm-hmm. but so yeah i think flexibility trust communications so these are the ones that because uh, then i think there are of course there are other factors because i've also been talking about the flow mm-hmm. but i think the flow is also that's that also comes from there can be like individuals who just have a certain character and they they, they can create a certain atmosphere and i think those are more of a random thing than, than can, you may have a person like that in the team and then you get this extra fun but i don't think that's necessary uh it's uh, it's just something that it's nice to have as an extra mm. and but but i don't really regard that as a kind of a teamwork skill in a way i think communication or flexibility 
But how would you then say that what kind of emotional skills do the students need? I think, again, this kind of revolves around the topic of flexibility. And let me continue. Can they be practiced? I think everything can be practiced. I Basically, I don't believe that maybe your height is something that you can't change. But I think everything else in humans, we can pretty much change one way or the other. At least we can try. <laughs> But what was the previous question? The question was emotional skills. When you're facilitating teamwork, then what kind of emotional skills does it require from the students and how do you facilitate them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it's a good question. Um, I think one thing, as I was saying, is kind of comes back to this flexibility issue that I, I think one very important is to be able to maybe put your, like under, obviously understanding your emotions and understanding that, like, why do you, why are you experiencing certain emotions? And, and then being able to maybe like step away from those emotions, at least for a second to evaluate the situation that am I feeling this because I should do something about this? Or am I feeling this because I'm just in a new place, new situation? It's just, weird, just nervous or a scary situation. So I, I think kind of understanding where your emotions come from and then also understanding other people's emotions and where they come from. So I think empathy is very important here. But then of course, I think kind of very basic emotion control skills that, you know, sometimes, especially under pressure, we, we, I think we all become, we are not as good communicators under pressure. We are not as polite or maybe we don't really, we can't phrase our sentences that well anymore. And that it then causes fear, frustration, anything like in the other members. And if everybody can understand their own emotions and feelings and then also understand that okay this person is probably not me because he doesn't like me but it's probably just this situation that can take you far we actually had psychologists being on a course and they talk about a concept called psychological flexibility which is basically you know understanding this source of your emotions and then being kind to yourself and so yeah i think these are skills that I think the emotional skills are, I would not just put them as teamwork skills. I think they're like basic emotional skills that you would need to get through life in general. Absolutely. Are the ones that help you in teamwork. So what does it require from the teacher's perspective then? When you're facilitating this, we talked about what does it require from the students, but then if you think of yourself as a teacher... What is your role? Well, as a teacher, I often try to take the role of a coach mm. rather than an advisor or or anything else. So I try to lead with questions rather than with advice or commands. But I, what I think teamwork really, like from teacher's perspective, it requires an ability to see the chemistry, an ability to spot certain certain dynamics mm -hmm. and preferably in the very early stage. So I was telling you an example, which it happens quite often that there's one team member that becomes quite dominant in the team. And so 
for example, being able to spot that early on and softly guide them away from this one person running the team and involving the rest of the team without then putting down this one person, Mm -hmm. like giving also this person the feeling that, hey, you're still an important member of a team, but just shut up for a minute. So that's a very simple example. But I think this, generally, I would say that the ability to spot these dynamics early on, because then there will be a point after which it's really hard to recover the team dynamics Mm -hmm. after you've lost it. And especially like these short courses where sometimes students, when they, if the teamwork doesn't work and then you're already halfway through the course and they already see the end line there or the finish line. So they already go, okay, we'll just plow through this. I don't care anymore. So we don't want them, anyone to be in that situation because then that's again, bad marketing for teamwork. If we give them this experience that, oh, it just sucked. And nothing really came out of it. So obviously they're not very excited about teamwork after that. And I, I think it's it's about being present, listening to them, understanding and like the verbal communication, but also the nonverbal. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. And and then then of course courage to then if you see an issue, if you see a conflict, they expect you to be the authority there. And in a way you are, because you have, of course, made the setup for them. And so I think, and that I think applies in work life too, that I think sometimes we go behind of saying that, hey, you are all grownups. Why didn't you just sort out your own issues? And this is what happens, I think, in, a, in like in, in companies too, that the management's kind of like when there's an issue, people are slightly afraid of stepping in and often it's, oh yeah, you'll sort it out yourself. And I think with students, we, we quite often what happens is that we actually, the teamwork, we, we say that teamwork is important and we, we tell it to the students, but then in reality, we'll, we'll fill the lessons or teaching sessions or we'll just lecture and whatever, we'll just mm-hmm. fill them up. And then we'll leave them. Now you figure out the teamwork on your own time. And as I said, like often the schedules are really difficult. Like they have, if they have a team of five members, have you ever tried scheduling a meeting for five people? That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So then they'll end up in a situation that try to figure out the teamwork on their own. And they may have to do that like at Sunday night from eight to 10 or something like that. So you can all think like how you feel like are you the best version of yourself during those times Mm -hmm. and then there's no one to support them to go through this like very difficult teamwork and then there's the pressure of the course and etc um so this is something that we have actually now changed in the startup experience that we have increased the time where the teams are basically just working with us in the classroom we don't really we don't have any topic for the session. We just want them to be there. And then we circulate within the teams and we just go like, how are you doing? Just tell us how things are going because that's what they need. Oh, they- that sounds so wonderful. Yeah. Then we should have more of those kind of courses here at the university too, where we just allow them to work there and then we're there to support them. We should. I think one of the problems obviously is that it's not a very scalable way to teach 
So it's very sort of resource consuming, but I think it's worth it, mm-hmm. definitely. Especially like in the courses like this, where they're really exploring new territories and they're exploring new roles. We make them all do things that they haven't done before. We make them think in a ways that they may have not been thinking before. So we're pushing them to the limits in many ways. Mm-hmm. So that's why we think that it's really important that we are there to then make sure that they have, you know, all they have what they need to be able to go through that yeah. journey. Future led learning by Alta University. Um, you have already mentioned some of the challenges that you come across when running teamwork based courses, but how do you recognize if a team needs support from the teacher? Like you said that you need to be present and you need to be like early on spot certain personalities and stuff like that but what else is there i i think the easiest metric is obviously the team's output mm. i don't i don't really know what is the best word to describe it but you know but you kind of feel that you know what whatever they're producing it's lacking something mm-hmm. that is they don't for example they don't take risks in innovation they don't go crazy They are very conservative and they just want to play it safe. So I think that's one sign of the team not really being able to get the full potential out of them. And then, of course, very basic, like just reading body language, how they sit around a table, what is the how their internal discussion works. And one good thing is obviously just to randomly ask people to explain something about their project and, and their ideation project process or whatever they're going through at the moment and then just comparing are they answering the same answer because quite often we realize that hey this team hasn't really they haven't really been talking to each other until now you know it's kind of this little cues that you can pick here and there and i don't think there's anything like magical they're very sort of straightforward things like like you, you can pretty much see like how the team how they sit together that tells a lot Yeah, and there it's probably also important that the threshold to reach out to the coach or teacher is very low, so that it's easy to come towards you and say that, "Hey, yes, like, can we talk?" Yes. Yeah. But I, I think usually, unless there's something horribly wrong with the team, usually they don't recognize the. Well, I don't know. Maybe they do recognize it that that the issues with the teamwork. But usually they come to us when they have a problem with mm. the project itself. Oh, that's right. And then then we may be able to track it down that, hey, maybe it's because you're not talking to each other, for example. Of course, there could be other reasons too. Sometimes yeah. even, even good teams get stuck. So that's obviously not. But that's usually where we start noticing that that the output, that they that's some that's lacking something. How do they... Like, how do you build into the course that how do they themselves, while working in a team, reflect these experiences? Not just the substance that what is the like the outcome and the product of the teamwork, but do you have some sort of tool there that you help them to see that how am I evolving as a team player? Oh, sure. Yeah, like we have very simple, like we, for example, like during this iteration of the course we were asked them to do just an, a video reflection video where they basically they describe like how their role has evolved as a team member and what is their contribution and 
all that. So basically just make them have a moment and really think about what they do in a team. Very simple. You, you might as well have that in a written form, but we prefer videos. I like it. I actually, I was just going to say that it sounds awesome that you have chosen video as a foreman. These days, it seems to be quite natural format for many students yeah. to deliver anything. Yeah. So if we think of Aldo University, our community, we are very diverse. We have different cultural backgrounds. How do you consider that in the teamworks, like assignments? Yes, it's a huge factor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, we have to be sensitive about it. We have to understand that there are differences in culture. And sometimes we, because you kind of have to understand both sides of the coins. You have to understand that, that maybe, for example, let's take an example that like the way to talk to women, it varies in different countries. And, and then we obviously have to understand that there are certain ways that how we behave here, but then understanding that the other cultures where they come from that's a norm for them they don't they are not acting as in a certain way because they want to be just rude or whatever but they're just behaving the way that's how they've been brought up and and kind of balance between that but because we can't just go and say that hey you culture is wrong mm. or anything like that But then, of course, we also have to, again, this kind of soft guidance that, hey, maybe you want to reconsider how you... Uh, and, and this is, I'm not saying that this particular example would be a problem, mm. but I'm, I'm. this is just an easy example mm. to understand. I Usually there are more sort of... This is a funny story, actually. We, on, on one course iteration we had we have a pitch trainer who had a very own style of which was very rough and uh, he was sort of um, but anyway that was dividing opinions but because somewhere during the course we kind of had to tell our trainer to tone it down a little like hey, that, that we like your rough style but maybe it's a little too rough for this environment but then after the course was over We got 50 feedback from students and depending kind of their cultural background, some of the students were like, yeah, yeah, that was totally out of line what you had here. And then the other half was like, whatever you, like, what did you do to our trainer? Because it was so good in the beginning when he was really hard on us and then you did something and then it wasn't fun anymore. So there's also kind of approach to, for example, pressure that some are more sensitive to it and more like hey we don't like this and some are like hey more of this we really want to go through this grill and really enjoy it so that's that that was just a kind of fun example to realize that yeah that's a that's a cultural thing and i suppose that comes also to the sort of what kind of impact do we want to have on other people and sort of reflect on that that sometimes if the circumstances are right kind of style might work but mm-hmm. then in other circumstances you have to like you said you have to be empathetic and also compassionate to the other people so you have to learn to read the situation that can I do this and mm-hmm. then if I notice that okay this is causing a lot of awkwardness or even turmoil then maybe I need to pull back a little bit and maybe that's also something that the students need to reflect 
Sure, sure. As I said, it's always balancing. But then, of course, I think we always have to remember that we are representing Finland and we are representing our culture and our way of doing things. And the students who come here, I think partially they come here also to learn the culture, the Mm -hmm. working culture and the culture in general. And I think... So in a way, we should not be too flexible because mm. we also have to be proud of our way of doing things and, and at least the, of, the, of the good ways of like, the, or the good parts. And I think that's definitely something that, you know, another kind of very practical example is that, for example, in our course, the one very big part of the startup experience is that the students have to define the problem that they are solving. And for many countries that, because in many countries, they come from a sort of a teaching background where there's a teacher who has all the answers. And then as a student, you just fill in the blanks and go, was it right? Okay, that was right. Was it right? Oh, that was wrong. And when they then tell them that, okay, now we don't give you any questions. You, you create the questions yourself. That can be really difficult for some students to understand. And I think that's just the kind of this, the school culture and the educational culture where they come from. And again, like this is then, I think this is an example where we can then provide them this kind of, hey, this is how we innovate here. And, and that maybe this is something that you can then take home with you when you go back. If we think of the sort of current time and we have big global issues like inclusion and climate change and stuff like that, how do you consider those questions in teamwork? Let's say someone has climate anxiety and they have hard time verbalizing that this is what the root cause is or something like that. How do you sort of help them with these emotional troubles in the teamworks, if it actually has a major impact or even a small impact into the teamwork? I think... Have you come across with this kind of thing? Well, in a way, yes. I think maybe that's something that is more easily seen in individual students, that in teams they maybe don't, like individuals don't express those uh, emotions as strongly. But obviously what we use a lot as a tool in startup experience, but also in other courses, is just a lot of discussion. Make the teams, not even, not necessarily even the teams that work together, but just students to talk to each other and throw them topics and tell them to like, hey, peel this like an onion and see what you find. Because I think this is, again, when we go back to creating trust, it all starts from you understanding why is this person thinking the way it is and that then helps you to trust that person because you understand the logic behind it so i think these discussions where we make them discuss about values and and also just explain each other like why do you think this thing happens uh it usually shows a lot about like how they think and these things may come out and but when they discuss that without pressure when it's more you know getting to know each other you may already discover a lot about okay there's this kind of anxiety but we can now when we have when we have maybe established common words that we use or whatever that, that discussion can help in many ways but i think the secret weapon is just to make them talk to each other they'll figure it out talking about these sort of global global phenomenon that we have how has covid-19 
and its influence on working practices affected our teaching, especially related to teamwork. If you elaborate a little bit more about that. Anyone remembers what it was like to work remotely. So that's obviously wasn't the best time for teamwork. But at the same time, I think we tried to learn to use the digital tools the best way possible then to support the teamwork in in those circumstances. And I, I think we actually, there were some benefits to that too. For example, just kind of plain logistics. Like if we're in a classroom with 100 students and we want to divide them into groups with Zoom, as much as I hate it, you can do that in one second. Mm-hmm. We're in, in a physical classroom, have the five to 10 minutes when they just go around and it breaks down for a moment when they reorganize themselves. Those little technical things, we've learned to use them in a way that it it made the situation at least less unbearable. But I think the biggest lesson for us was that we really put way more emphasis on the teamwork because we knew that because we were all struggling and we were all isolated. So I think before COVID, as I mentioned, like you, we used to have a lot of lectures, a lot of, we, we just filled up the sessions with, you know, pushing content to the students mm-hmm. and just loading them up, dumping info on them. But then during COVID, because we realized that obviously doesn't work in an online environment as nicely as you know when you have them in a in a classroom so it basically changed the way we were teaching less talking way more discussion way more interaction and i think this is something that now when you bring it back to the sort of the real world the physical environment it has really made the courses so much better and so much more dynamic so I wouldn't want to leave that again, but I think it was a really good learning experience for us in terms of like how to develop our teaching into more sort of a team-based way and more dynamic and more towards discussion. That's true. So if we look at the teamwork skills a little bit closer, how are the required teamwork skills evolving currently? I think they pretty much go in hand with the other work-life skills. Mm -hmm. So I think when it's more about creativity, technology is taking away its kind of traditional jobs. In this school, there's tons of students that are going to have to figure out new ways to work in the future. And and I think that's also teamwork, being creative. And I think I, I just heard an interesting perspective to the future where, you know, if we think about AI taking all of our work, what is left? And the thing that is left is humanity and being human. And that's that's same as teamwork, basically. Understanding humans and dealing with humans. We don't really know where... You know, this is the prediction that will, you know, that this is something that will happen. But but yeah, I think it's just put way more emphasis on that because the teams maybe become less sort of executional teams. Because like right now you could have a team project where, yeah, you have to do this and then you just write a code for a couple of months and then you have your product. So it's a very straightforward project. 
And I think that basically just requires good delegation skills. But when, when, if that goes away and then it's all about just being creative or just being human, I, I think it just makes, put way more emphasis on the teamwork. I don't think they, that skill themselves are evolving, mm. but I think it just, they, this has become more important. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So if we look at the higher education world, then how does this show in our teaching then? How, where should it go? How should we develop our teaching if we think of that kind of future perspective? I think at least what we're trying to do in our courses is to really make them understand what it's like to be lost, what it's like to have no answers and how to build something from that. And I think this is the situation where we, we many of our students will end up at some point in their lives. And I think this is where, at least personally, where I would take teaching, the kind of just training them to be in that place where you don't have any answers, but you have people around you. And then just how do you use that resource to get the answers you need? Mm. And maybe some people call this radical creativity. It may have different words. But I think it's that's where I see it's going. And of course, I think there will always be a need for this very sort of traditional education style, and that's not going anywhere. But I think this kind of a project course style where the students are not just connecting the dots, but they're also placing the dots. I think that's the way we want to teach them. Wow, that's very well put. And you know what? That's a very good place to end this. Johannes, thank you so much for joining Future Learning Podcast. And it was wonderful to have you here. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank Absolutely. You. All the University Podcasts.